0: For 40 days without food. Satan really got stuck into him. But Jesus did not give in. He never sinned. And this is very important. This is one of the central truths in the Christian faith. Because a sacrifice for sin needed to be perfect, unblemished and without defect. And therefore without sin. It was this sinless Lord Jesus who bore our sins. It was truly the righteous for the unrighteous, as chapter 3 and verse 18 puts it. It was the lamb without blemish or defect, as chapter 1 and verse 19 says. Jesus, who, as the creed states, is very God of very God, begotten, not made, Of one being with the Father is He who bore our sins. You know, we often get other people to do the jobs that we don't really want to do ourselves, don't we? Yeah? But not Jesus. Not Jesus. Jesus Himself bore our sins, He didn't delegate it to someone else. The bearing of our sin was something deeply personal for Jesus. Jesus didn't bear our sins from a distance. No, instead he got up close and personal, didn't he? For we're told he bore our sins not just superficially, not just simply on the cross, but in his body on the cross. Christ's suffering was the agony of the wounds and lacerations from the whip, the agony of a 33-year-old body being pierced by rusty nails, the agony of the crown of thorns being jammed onto his head and off his side being pierced with a spear, his lungs suffocating, his dry mouth and his breathless body hanging on the cross at Golgotha. And then the separation, my God, my God, Why have you forsaken me? He did it himself. And those two words, he himself, stresses the voluntary nature of this substitution, yeah? The voluntary nature of his death. Jesus willingly bore our sins. Nobody forced him to do it. Nobody took his life from him. He willingly gave his life for you and me. Remember he said, No one takes it from me. I have the power to lay it down. I have the power to take it up again. Now, the language used here might be a little bit quirky, but it's the language of substitution, isn't it? He became our substitute. Notice how Jesus didn't merely forget about our sins. He didn 't try to you know explain them away he didn't wave his hand and sort of make them disappear. He bore our sins, as Peter said, he suffered for us, and his suffering is the bearing of our sin two Corinthians five says God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. Jesus bore our sins by copying the full penalty that our sins so rightly deserve. Kirsten Marcus says here, Jesus endured God's curse on sin when he suffered and died on the cross. Jesus voluntarily took upon himself the curse that was pronounced upon us and by his death removed it. Whose sins did he bear? Well, that's a pretty obvious answer, isn't it, by the text. He bore our sins. You see, his death was unique. His death was unlike any other death. His death was for our sins. Hey, whether you like it or not, we are part of this passage this morning. His death was for you and it was for me. He bore our sins. It's what that passage from Isaiah 56, oh sorry, 53 said this morning as it was read to us. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And Jesus, or rather as Jesus suffered the agony of being nailed to the cross and dying there, he did so as our representative. He did so in our place. Scripture tells us many times, doesn't it, that the penalty for sin is death. And here we find that Jesus himself bore our sins in death instead of us having to bear our sins in death. And this is atonement. Jesus took our place, he suffered the penalty that our sin deserved. Anyone who understands the Jewish sacrificial system, as Peter did when he wrote, you would be familiar with this whole concept of a substitutionary death, where an animal without spot or defect was offered as a sin offering in a person's place. 1 John 2 confirms that. He said, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And in fact, it goes on, it says, not just for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. We have this same confirmation in 1 John chapter 4. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The great preacher C.H. Spurgeon said here that, as we were born in sin, by the death of Christ, that birth is now undone. We are unborn to sin through the sin-bearing death of Jesus and we have now been reborn to new life in Christ. Now this is fantastically good news for sinners, yeah? Christ bore our sins, he bore Johnno's sins, he bought Kim's sins, sins, he bought um, my sins, your sins. And even though the consequences of our sins may be unbelievably painful sometimes, we have the sure and certain reality that our sins have been dealt with once and for all in the death of Jesus. And that is fantastic news. We should be proclaiming that from the rooftops. We should be like John the Baptist, pointing to Jesus and saying, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But do you believe this? I mean, the implications are huge, aren't they? Have you come to the point in your life where you can say, I trust you, Jesus? That all my sins, all the ones that are public, all the ones that are private, all of them have now been dealt with by you personally on the cross. I don't have to bear them anymore because you, Jesus, have borne them for me. That's an important question. Do you really believe this? You see, even though the death of Jesus is sufficient for everyone, it doesn't mean that everyone's sin is automatically forgiven. Only those who repent and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, claiming his atoning sacrifice for themselves, are covered by his sacrifice for sins. That's confirmed for us in that very well-known verse from John 3 and 16, isn't it? God so loved the world that he sent his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God sacrificed his son for the sake of the world but it is only those who believe in Jesus who find life, who find that Jesus has already suffered the penalty of For sin in their place. Are you among those who believe in Jesus? Can you say with confidence, he himself bore my sins in his body on a cross? If not, then you can do that this morning by simply confessing your sins and claiming Christ's victory over sin through faith. He himself bore our sins. And that fifth word is one that we know only too well, isn't it? Sins. And notice how it's in the plural. It's in the plural. Have you ever noticed how much easier it is to talk about sin in general rather than about specific sins? I would think that most of us wouldn't have any problem to say that, yes, we're sinners. But what if I asked you to come up here out the front this morning and to tell them, the rest of us what you're like? What things have you done that are maybe sins? You know, could you come out here and confess that you're an adulterer or a murderer or a thief or a rampant gossip or that you've got a gambling problem or something like that? This is the message of the gospel. This is humanity's hope. This is the glory of the cross. This is the wonder of God's grace. And this is what makes Good Friday good. Jesus himself bore our sins. Why? So that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. And that statement suddenly makes this all very personal for us as well, doesn't it? His death was so that we might also die to sin and live for righteousness. The death of Jesus sets us free from our bondage of sin and it gives us the desire to live for righteousness. It's an enabling process as we come to Christ and we are forgiven. It enables us to lead a new life that is no longer focused around a sinful way of life, but that seeks to follow Jesus wherever he leads us, that seeks to put first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Peter says that by his wounds you have been healed. Quoting from Isaiah 53, Christ's wounds have brought restoration to our sin-scarred lives. The healing here means to be forgiven and to be restored. It's not referring to physical healing. And that is how Peter doesn't say that by his wounds healing is offered to you or that healing is possible. He says, by his wounds you have been healed. In other words, the cross has achieved exactly what God designed it to achieve. The cross does not merely create new possibilities, it creates new persons. In Christ, we become a new creation. Verse 25 says, You were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. This is the healing that Peter has in mind, that straying sheep Will come to the green pastures of the Good Shepherd and experience his shepherd care and protection and provision and guidance. What a great privilege to be able to confidently say, The Lord is my shepherd. That's the good news of Good Friday. That's what we celebrate, or well, that's, sorry, why we celebrate the death of Jesus. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross. His death was unlike any other death. It was unique. Here was God bearing our sins, dying in our place, taking upon himself the ultimate penalty for our sins. And Peter says it's for us. It's for you and it's for me. Do you believe this? Have you accepted this atoning sacrifice of Christ Christ for you? It's one thing to know it, but have you experienced it? Have you embraced Jesus as your Saviour and your Lord? If not, why not? Why not do that today? Why not make today a really good Good Friday for you? See, Jesus has your sins on the cross personally if you need to talk to somebody about this this morning then please come and see me or after the service because it really is that important let's pray our gracious God and Father we want to thank you again for your son's death on our behalf We thank you that you've made it possible for us to have our relationship with you restored. Father, thank you. And we thank you that in Christ you've not only forgiven us, but you've given us eternal life and a living hope. Father, we look forward to the day when he will return in all his glory and power. And we will be with you in your kingdom forever. Father, what a future awaits us. And we give you our thanks for that. Because in and through Christ's death, we have forgiveness and new life. Thank you, Father, in his name. Amen.